Hello and welcome to the Healing My Earth, Healing Me podcast. You're with Jamie again today and today I've got a special guest. I've got my friend Seth Williams. So he has this business called My Sequester. Funny actually, Seth and I met through Facebook Messenger through a mutual friend Holly and she's also another person who's so passionate about making a positive impact on the environment. And yes, yeah, Seth came to the last big action dinner that we had in October and yeah, really connected well and it was really interesting learning more about his business. So today we'll dive into what he does in environmental and carbon offsetting and how he helps business and specifically small businesses to make an impact. You don't have to be a big corporation to be carbon neutral. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation and let's get into it. Hi everyone, I'm here with Seth Williams today. So he's the founder of My Sequester and he works in the environmental and carbon offsetting with small scale tech. Seth, welcome. Hello, hello Jamie. <laughs> it's, it's good to be uh, given, the, given the chance to tell people what it is that I do. Yeah, awesome. And have a conversation about it. Yeah, yeah, I really admire what you what you do and like thank you so much for inviting me to like so a few months ago we went to the hunter region in one of the wineries and planted some trees it was a really good well i i thought it was a good day yeah um, just joining other volunteers it was a very rough day um we did complete the challenge however there was less people than expected <laughs> and uh the the machines that we we're using to dig in the ground weren't as reliable as we wanted as well as the ground was extremely hard. Mm. Um, but we used what little tools we had <laughs> and what little safety gear we had and got, I think it was 107 trees yeah. in the ground. Yep. Yeah. Plus watered them, mm. um, got some guards on them, nice. which was a nice little project. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see in a few years' time. Yes. Or a few decades. Yes. What those trees would look like. Hopefully they'll um, provide some good shelter for like the winery there mm. um as well as it, it'll just look nice driving down the road beside it yeah um definitely and get some carbon sequestered out of the atmosphere mm. which is the i guess the main medium that i've used to help expand this this type of work at a small scale mm-hmm. um I'll just jump right in. Uh, the problem that I came across that got me into this was a lack of funding um, for like smaller landholders looking to do environmental projects. Mm. Um, I was well aware that so many landholders really want to protect their, their land and farm sustainably as possible. However, the they know there's funding, it's just so hard to get it if you're not large scale, mm. if you're not doing things really big. Um, so I, rather than just accepting that I couldn't get funding for a reforestation project that I wanted to do, mm. I kind of just said, why don't I make a system? I'm sure that, I'm sure that I can piece together um, the main things that are required for one of these projects mm. and somehow work out a way that delivers the value of my project to um 
businesses, industries, organizations, wherever that value usually comes from. Um, so yeah, that's where I started. Nice. And went down a, a very, a very interesting, um, interesting rabbit hole, if you could, if you should say so, mm. on all the information and like the complexities involved in the problem. Um, the the algorithms to calculate and predict the um, metabolism of a tree is one of the most complex things that I've come across. Mm. Um, even after studying physics at university, I didn't see any equations um, or amount of variables more complex than a tree. Mm. So it's funny right. that something that just sits there yep. has like with it built within it like almost a processing power of our computers Mm. Um, but it's all just within its uh, within its dna within its structure within its way of reacting to the environment Mm. but i guess i've heard the main reason why this is is because whereas humans humans can move around and change their environment a tree has to stay in the one spot so it needs to understand its external environment much more than we do. Mm. So that's why it has so many receptors to the external environment and so many biological mechanisms to adapt. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to go down. And then I was trying to, with my system, really find out the, the most practical way to put that into a software uh, process, if you could say. So um, my whole system was about predicting the future of a plant Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to get it too complex because I wanted this system to be usable for, um, you know, just an ordinary farmer that doesn't have a degree in ecology or... um, mathematics yeah uh so it was all about what what is the necessary information here how can we um predict within a reasonable accuracy the value of tree Mm. yeah because i suppose there'd be so many different variables that would go into actually finding that out and mapping out hundreds the future of what the plant would look like that's interesting and my final conclusion with that is um don't don't make it too complex Mm -hmm. um go off some really solid averages to begin with and as the future comes you can adjust those averages Mm -hmm. and you tend to if you're adjusting more and more you, you can tend to like get gain a pretty accurate value Although you're not, you know, going into the um, extreme mathematical side, um, yeah. So it's it's it's. Uh, I'm glad I'm I'm behind most of that stuff, but I yeah. I'm, I may have to revisit it in the future. Okay. To yeah. Get it more accurate. Yeah, I can imagine that's not an easy job to do, <laughs> and yeah, it's awesome that you're um, sharing this out to the world and like making it a bit more accessible for people to understand. Yeah, no problem. I. I don't expect people to to understand. Um, I think at this stage, 
majority of the people that I deal with, whether it's a business owner mm. or a landholder, they they understand the importance of environmental maintenance mm. and um, protection. My um, goal is to just allow people to get involved with those those trends or projects or whatever in an easier way mm. and you know you don't have to be a really large corporation to get involved or to to be carbon neutral or or start your own kind of altruistic branch of your business yeah and as well as with on the landhold side you don't have to have you know a hundred acres that you can just set aside you can you can do a project mm. with um you know five percent of an acre which is much more digestible for a lot of people looking to start and then i'll find that once one project's done and they know the process we've opened up this gateway where now they're like, they want to double their project mm. uh, because they see the value in it yeah. um, not necessarily just financial value but the ecological value and in some ways the aesthetic value because uh, I guess we all like the the environment yeah it that loop of seeing nature how it mm-hmm. is I think is very um, natural for us yeah the built environment is a beautiful thing um, but can is very rigid whereas the natural environment is um, it plays on our conscious mm. in a different way. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, I can, I can just feel the passion like coming from like, whenever you talk about <laughs> sorry, it. It's, sorry if it's a bit too intense. No, no, don't be sorry. Like I love feeling how passionate, or I love hearing and feeling how passionate people are with stuff that they do. Cause yeah. like, well, of course, if you're gonna do this for, like however long in your life and might as well love what you do exactly and I, I'm the same I, I love hearing or seeing somebody passionate about what they're doing mm. it's strange even if they work at a, at a petrol station mm. and they're passionate about it yeah. it makes me really inspired inside like that person's having a great day definitely and you know they're the delivery person you know, yeah. it's almost like they're living out their dream. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's 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 great to see people, yeah. no matter what they do, just um, make the most of it. Definitely. Yeah, and find what it is that they can contribute to that. Mm. Yeah, so I'm curious, like, why this line of work? I say that you're the sum of the people that you surround yourself with and the experiences that you've lived throughout your life. Yeah. Like... If you'd like to share, what were some moments in your life that led you to work in this area of work, I guess, yeah? Why help the environment? Um, it, it certainly is a accumulation of all my life experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up mostly on farmland and close to nature, so just my baseline of um, value of nature was fairly high that I felt with inside me so mm. it was something that was very important to me but more definitively um, is I always refer back to my time in India mm. where 
uh, I was doing a lot of travel on a research project and the diversity of um, development development in India was really crazy. Like the cities, the, the modern cities were exactly how our cities are now. Kind mm-hmm. of, you know, they've got Wi-Fi and all the tech and whatever that we have here in Newcastle. Um, cars and it's almost exactly the same. Whereas if you just go, you know, two hours out of the city, mm. people need to wash their, like, hand wash their clothes, they grow all their food, um, they rely on the forest, their education is almost 100% about their local environment, mm. so they don't learn mathematics, they don't learn science, wow. they don't learn um, literature or whatever their parents teach them this is how you survive this is the relationship you need to have with your environment mm. and um, it was also interesting to see the transition where more and more people were developing in this country um, and the effect that that had on on that very traditional culture mm. um, but also quickly modernizing culture and it made me see the link I think but also feel the link of yeah what our connection with nature does to us as people, mm. how it plays into how it plays into our nervous system, how it makes us feel. And when we lose that, how if if um if the change is too abrupt, it can put people into a sense of loss as well as dependence. Mm-hmm. Um, where you need to depend on shops, therefore you need to depend on money to go to the shops, therefore you need to depend on um, some form of work. Uh, so it, it was, yeah, it, it went into many layers. Um, and at the time I was also working at an NGO and it was showing me the powers of putting... Um, so many different skills together for sustainable development Mm -hmm. putting teachers, architects engineers, accountants all onto projects where nobody was, it wasn't just you know 10 engineers working on something it was a very diverse bunch of skills and knowledge um, working for sustainable development and seeing that happen kind of really changed my whole perspective on a career, on how a business should work and needs to work, also on the power, the power of um, the power of just uh, altruistic businesses or social movements. Mm. Um, so yeah, I I kind of was getting flashes of ideas of I need to bring this back to Australia. I need to nice. I need more um, understanding and value and tools that can help slow down the destruction of the Australian bushland mm. um, which there, there already is a lot of people working on that which is great mm. um, and also help people regenerate where they can um, and there is great tools with that as well uh, so that's where I took off that's it really felt important so that's why yeah oh that's great (laughs) 
Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. No, no problem. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I can get carried away on tangents <laughs> and go on to too many stories with all of that. Um, totally fine and totally understandable as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I try and keep it, keep it into an understandable uh, story-ish mm. type <laughs> of, type of um, progression of events. Yeah, I think you did well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you mentioned our connection with the land. Like, why do you think it's important for people to get connected with nature and how that affects our health as well? Mm. Um, it's something that it's something that I I'm always trying to find out more. Like, sometimes I feel like I have a grasp of what it is that makes this so important mm. and how it affects our everyday life. Um, but then I realized that I, I'm just scratching the surface and it could be so much more complex than, than I've managed to think of or read into at mm. this stage. Um, but one thing that really resonates, um, a story that really resonates with why um, it plays such a integrated role into who we are is um, I heard a, a indigenous elder say that um, gum trees have this in, in their tr- traditional view have a power to make us reflect mm-hmm. and I was just, mm. that was just taken back by that and I still I still um, I still think about that and I certainly test that and try and look back and see how that's integrated into our culture. Um, And I think that every single tree would probably play a different effect on, you know, what you're feeling and and all that. Um, But specifically gum trees and and the landscape of Australia. I don't. I don't know. It give. It gives you a sense, some sense, mm-hmm. um, some feeling. You can almost, if you're, if you're, being hyper aware of, of how you're um, perceiving things. You'll realize that. Your psyche will change. On your environment mm. um, meaning that the different environments have a different effect and it's it's really cool if you wanted to um, just be really speculative you could say it's almost like this uh, mutual relationship that we have like plants have helped us grow our consciousness to what it is mm. and have given us um, the tools that we have now to develop and reflect and um, given us clues into what we need to do as people. Um, this relationship could be hundreds of thousands of years old where um, I think people have never, never had a time in life where they didn't need to um, uh, get more information. Um, so 
Yeah, it's it's a hard question to ask. Um, yeah. But I think that was a an interesting example to go down. Yeah. And another point to add to how how the natural world kind of plays into our our personality and who we are is um, just the love that people have for gardening. Uh, mm. Like it's a it's certainly a, an addiction for people. Um, and there must be some state that they're entering when they're they're doing this like it's such basic work you know digging with dirt and um harvesting from your plants and you you know you you kind of build a relationship you check on them you'll notice something if they're they you know you'll you'll judge the health and the the state of the plant by looking at the leaves and um yeah, it's it's something that's very basic, but also runs very deeply into who we are and what we do really mm. well. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I um I know I'm noticing within myself like when I'm feeling foggy or when I'm feeling a bit stressed, like gardening is of my form of meditation. Oh, really? yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah, just. Or just any form of like getting connected back into nature, like going for a push walk or mm. yeah, just grounding. I found that that's been helpful for me. Mm. I'm not sure if there's any like evidence linked to that in terms of yeah, linking that back to mental health. Oh, I'm sure. I'm it's, sure. There yeah, sure. Yeah. Done studies. So, what is it that when you when you um, think of okay I'm gonna go gardening do you have like are you able to describe what it does to you like how it I lose track of time yeah (laughs) it's just go into that state of flow and just like yeah Mm. it's all it it is like that it's like there's no there's no such thing as effort in that activity it's almost second nature you Mm. just kind of um yeah, it's an interaction. I wouldn't call it as a, like, a, and I'm sure many people who get out and um, do some sort of activity in nature wouldn't describe it as like spending energy, mm. almost like a form of transferring energy. Yeah. Um, like you can change whatever your mood or what was or whatever into something that's more balanced. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a really, really interesting topic and I'm sure there's people that have looked into it very deeply and yep. have probably done like MRIs of the brain and and um, uh, able to analyse what parts of the brain light up mm. when you're doing such activities. Yeah, um, or even like some people that have like, whether they're shown a video of nature versus cities, like what parts of the brain would light up. That would be, that would be really interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, so not necessarily like there and present there, but like, mm. yeah. But it, it's interesting because I, I think that the built environment, like cities, mm. it also has this effect. Um, I would say, I would say it's just a little different. Mm. Like, you can look at a cityscape and, and just be in awe of mm. what we've created um, or nightlights and in some way it's like it's like we're projecting 
our our old habit of looking into the sky and into the universe onto mm. into the city and knowing that there's so many different worlds in this one area yeah um my brother's an architect nice. which is funny um so he's given me a, an appreciation of how our built environment changes who we are mm. um and how you can you can manipulate your environment to to allow yourself to to thrive mm. which is really cool yeah um and he he's someone that that gets a little frustrated at our mass developments where it'll, it'll be a housing estate that's kind of uh all the houses are almost identical um or there'll be a big development where it's apartments that kind of they've just been built to reduce cost like they've just been built to um be as cheap as possible mm. which is understandable you you need to um be sensible about your investments yeah um but he says that that's um you're not doing any justice to to the future like you can mm. gain more value not necessarily financially but gain more value in society through putting more um thought and design into these mm. type of things yeah it's being more mindful and more intentional into everything that we bring into this world yeah yeah, yeah. Certainly, certainly yeah um so how do you think yeah i guess just to end on this how do you think people can take action what's one tip that you'd suggest other people suggest people to do mm. to get more connected with nature or for the benefit of their own health yeah okay um I think the first thing you need to do is understand your own relationship with nature. Mm. Um, there's certainly a lot of people that feel that um, they they can use nature to to get back to a a more balanced or um, relaxed state, whereas. Um, some people may feel that it's exercise or um, that's fine. Like everybody has a different thing. Um, but for people who uh, who feel maybe that they're lacking um, this connection with nature and or just want to explore it, I think that's the first step mm. is uh, take a... A checkpoint of where you're where you're at after you know a week of work on a Friday afternoon um, and then decide that you're gonna go like you know for a bushwalk on the Saturday um, or go to the beach or something uh, get out in the garden or just spend a, a bit more time outside and then after they've done that see how they feel mm-hmm. um, and I think then you'll realize what this means to you and Maybe for some people it can be a, a really good tool. Um, so I would say that's the first step. Understand how this plays a role on on who you are and who you fe- how you feel. Mm. Um, and then another another thing for 
getting out and forming a connection with nature would be um, hmm. I guess I guess just be more mindful of of these things I think people would be surprised to realize what's actually going on under their feet mm. and it doesn't have to be in a forest it can be in your backyard mm. if you just sit down and stay still for 10 minutes you would be surprised I think everybody would be surprised and I always am Mm. on what passes you, what comes and interacts in your field of view. Um, it may be, like, of course, a bird. It may be some sort of insect or something. You may find um, some plant that's growing in a weird spot. And um, it's always interesting to just pay attention to that, mm. learn about it, like... It's, it sounds really strange and, and maybe it's a bit weird, but watching insects is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> They're much more intelligent and dynamic mm. than they're given credit for. And it's so interesting watching how they react to the environment and, mm. and even how they, um, how they cooperate with each other yeah you can learn a lot just from watching that mm. um, so yeah it would be to give a go at just being mindful in in the, in the outdoors yeah um, and you'll find that same thing where how when people are gardening you'll lose track of time <laughs> but you learn so quickly Definitely. I think it's something the environment is so so dense with detail and information communication connections and relations that you'll pick up something really fast and you'll it's all in a very um at least on on the um physical level it's all something that plays out in a very understandable way mm -hmm. so i think in that way it kind of helps our ability to pay attention to things and also to learn to pick up what key interactions are. I'm trying to say something funny. Um, <laughs> but it's not happening. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think that's a maybe a few good starting points. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's um interesting because back in the Philippines, I haven't noticed it much here mm. but I noticed that whenever it was going to rain or whenever it was about to rain, maybe two days or a day before it was about to rain. We just get so many ants through the house. Oh, yeah. Even though we wouldn't really have food exposed. Yeah, yeah. We just have a trace of ants. But I've noticed with the bushfires going on, we just have so many ants and cockroaches mm. come up, even though, like, the house is clean. Yeah. There's no food exposed. Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of noticed that as well. Mm. It's really strange. It's... I think they're um, much better at perceiving the like pressure in the atmosphere mm. as well as humidity and stuff like that and temperature. <laughs> and then maybe it's um, more built within them to... Mm. Uh, or maybe it's just some sort of instinctual thing that they can understand weather, like mm. certain humidity, temperature, and um, pressure pattern means that 
it's going to rain or something crazy is going to happen, yeah, a storm. Um, and they'd probably go into certain modes like survival mode or mm. um, relaxation mode based on that. Yeah. 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 And we haven't had as many spiders in the property, usually summertime. Like in the property, spiders are just everywhere and you'd drive through the driveway and spiders would hit the yeah. windscreen. <laughs> No, not a lot this yeah. time around, yeah. One thing that I noticed this year is um, every Christmas at home in the Central West, we would get Christmas beetles, mm. like sometimes just too many. They would kind of eat the trees away. Yeah. Uh, but this year, there I saw maybe two, mm. and usually there's hundreds, mm. like, if not thousands. Um, yeah, and so that was... Uh, that was making me question what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know these things are sometimes um, insects or animals do cycles, so they'll only you know get really into it every third year. Mm-hmm. Um, some but- butterflies have like a uh, no to like hatch or whatever every thirteen years, mm. which is weird. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So yeah, these things play out over time, um, and it's it's constantly changing as well. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. environment's constantly changing. A hundred percent. Yes, everything's definitely. in a state of change, um, which is I think it's also something important for people to remind themselves of. Um, yeah. We can tend to just get bored with our environment because on the surface it'll look just the same every day mm. but it's good to be reminded underneath there's a lot of stuff happening mm. Mm. yeah yeah thank you so much for coming in Seth and um, so how do people find you and so, reach out to you if they want to take action on their business to... uh, you can look more into it at the company website which is just mysequester.com.au and you'll also find some contact details on there so um, if people have specific questions or they're all also interested in doing some carbon offset projects and learn about how you can create community around these projects, mm. then you can email me um, or give me a call. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. I'll put in the show notes the links to how to get in touch with Seth. And I'd like to hear from you. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'll put those in the show notes. And I'd love to hear about what you'd like to hear more of. I'm really excited to be on this journey with you guys in learning more about learning more about the environment, our actions, how they affect each other, and how that, how that plays into our health as well. So yeah, once again, thank you for diving into this rabbit hole with me and I'll see you in the next fortnight.